welcome back to the third week of our series, Mission Possible. On the first week, we talked about being real. Last week, we talked about being good helpers. This week, we're going to talk about being good listeners. As always, what I like to do is start off with a random question. And that week, this, sorry, this week's random question is, what do you know about Sherlock Holmes? He's really smart. He kind of blows me. He's, I don't know, his brain just blows me away. He's a detective. He uses a magnifying glass to look at people's fingerprints. I like it. Anyone I think else? he wears a fedora. Uh, he, he's from England. Okay, uh, Sherlock Holmes is a brilliant fictional detective famous for solving many mysteries. His ability to make deductions is so accurate. Like Sarah said, it's kind of scary. Like, dude, how? Anyway, if you don't know who Sherlock Holmes is, we're going to play this clip to show you exactly how he does this. Let's go watch. You want me to prove it, yes? Looking for a dog, yes, great. The dog, that's your brilliant theory. Good, excellent. Yes, where should we start? How about them? The sentimental widow and her son, the unemployed fisherman. The answer is yes. Yes? He's got a West Highland Terrier called Whiskey. Not exactly what we're looking for. Sherlock, for God's sake. Look at the jumper he's wearing. Hardly worn. Clearly he's uncomfortable in it. Maybe it's because of the material. More likely the hideous pattern suggests it's a present, probably Christmas. So he wants into his mother's good books. Why? Almost certainly money. He's treating her to a meal, but his own portion is small. That means he wants to impress her, but he's trying to economize on his own food. Maybe he's just not hungry. No, small plate, starter. He's practically licked it clean. She's nearly finished her pavlova. If she treated him, he'd have had as much as he wanted. He's hungry, all right, and not well enough. You can tell that by the state of his cuffs and shoes. How do you know she's his mother? Who else would give him a Christmas present like that? Well, it could be an aunt or another sister, but mother's more likely. Now, he wants a fisherman. Scarring pattern on his hands, very distinctive fish hooks. They're all quite old now. We suggest he's been unemployed for some time. Not much industry in this part of the world, so he's turned to his widowed mother for help. Widowed? Yes, obviously. She's got a man's wedding ring on a chain around her neck. Clearly, her late husband's are too big for her finger. She's well dressed, but her jewelry's cheap. She could afford better, but she's kept it sentimental. Now, the dog, tiny little hairs all over her, because she was on the same train as us and I heard her calling its name and that's not cheating, that's listening. I use my senses, John, like some people. So you see, I am fine if I didn't have been better. So just leave me alone. Yeah, <clears throat> okay. Okay. Oh, why would you listen to me? I'm just your friend. I don't have friends. Nah. Wonder why. Alrighty, so no matter how amazing these deductions that we just saw seem, Sherlock isn't superhuman. He simply takes time to notice things most people don't take the time to notice. He pays really close attention, but not only that, he listens really well. So a question I wanna ask everybody is what makes a good listener and what does listening well mean to you? Being patient and like affirming the speaker that you know what they're saying. I like it. I would say, oh. sorry, Megan. I would say, like, being able to repeat what they said afterwards. You know, like, being like, okay, I hear you. This is what you said. Kind of something like that. I think eye contact is a big um, part of listening because it shows you that they're actually, like, not doing anything else, like, on their phone or anything, but they can see that you are listening to them. For me, it's, like, I find myself doing this a lot of times, and it's so bad. But not thinking about what you're going to say in response. Be like, okay, so she's telling me this. Like, what can I say that's going to either 
be a really good response or impress her, like whatever it would be, or them, not even her. So just not doing that and just totally engaging them and like listening and not, you know, yeah, what I just said. With all this said, we know that even though listening is a good thing to be skilled at, it's not easy to listen when there's so many things competing for our attention. So with this, we're gonna hear from Gina and she's gonna show us, kind of make a point about that. All right, guys, so just as you heard Sarah say, it's not very easy to listen when there are a lot of things competing for your attention. So to demonstrate that, I'm going to tell you one of my awesome stories. So as many of you know, or don't know, I really have no idea. I work at Bahama Bucks. If you don't know what that is, it's a snow cone shop, really shaved ice, whatever. We make the greatest snow in the world. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm working there, and um, these, it, it's, our, it's our 8 o'clock rush, right? It's a couple months ago. And this lady comes to the drive-thru and she's like, well, we have like four other cars. She comes to the drive-thru and she's like, hey, like I don't, I'm gonna order like five avalanches. If you don't know what an avalanche is, it's our biggest size of snow, it's 32 ounces, it's really humongous. I don't know how anybody can eat that because it's so much of the same flavor. Maybe you can, you can get up to three, but like it's really a lot, I don't really know. I don't know how they ever finished that. So they come through the drive-thru and they're like, hi, like, we're gonna order five avalanches, but we don't really know what's, what flavors we want. So they ask if they can sample some flavors. This really irks us because if you sample flavors in the drive-thru, that means we can't take your order now and we have to start making it once you're already at the window. It really holds up the line in the middle of a rush really bad. So I'm the one taking the drive-thru orders. We have two other people shaving, which means shaving ice, not shaving your legs, that's weird. And so they're, they're I'm talking about my headset, I'm like, hi, welcome to Hollow Bugs, what can I get started for you today? And they're like, oh, you know, like, they, they tell me what they want. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess whatever. We, I can't be, like, rude to the customer. So, yeah, we'll give you your samples at the at the window. I'm over here making a 44-ounce cherry limeade that's bigger than the avalanche snow. It's frozen cherry limeade, kind of good. I'm really good at making my making my stuff. So I'm making this frozen cherry limeade while I'm taking the order because we have we have everybody doing this other stuff because we're in the middle of a rush, you know. Our dining's closed because of corona, rip. Anyway, um, so they come into the window and they're like, yeah, we want to try strawberry daiquiri, pink lemonade, cherry, um, blueberry muffin. Let's, can we get Sour Patch with some sour sauce? I don't even like the sour sauce. You know, if it's you, you do you. It just costs a dollar more. Anyway, so I'm like, yeah, whatever. We can make this. As I'm taking the order, I'm pouring out this, this cherry limeade and all of a sudden it spills all over my shoe. So that's why I haven't worn my checkered vans in a month. So I'm having to re to 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 remake this this frozen cherry limeade while these ladies are over here ordering five avalanches. There's only two of them in the car, and I'm like, how are you gonna eat five avalanches? And they're like, oh, oh, we do this like once a week. We come over and we get five avalanches. We're just gonna store them in the freezer. We finally get them off. We're we're making it and and they're like, oh yeah, can we have some like lids on these? And if you don't know, this really annoys us because because then we have to like take the dome off that we already did. These are really good domes too, especially for the people that were shaving. Like they're kind of new. We really proud of them for making their domes. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we want them flat top. And so also this kind of like it's kind of a waste of money because you get less snow. Usually when it's a flat top, we'll put it up to a bigger size cup because then it's like a fair amount. But like we can't do that with an avalanche because we're not gonna give you a 44 ounce cup, which is the size of the cup of the cherry limeade that I just spilled on my shoe. So the floor is sticky, there's chaos going on everywhere. These ladies still have not put in their final order. We finally get them out, I, I mop up the mess. I'm just really frustrated. I go home and, and I cry a little bit, but that's whatever. That's just a normal day at Bahama Bucks. Okay, so here's my question for you. After you heard my, my story that I told you, I, I have a question for you. You can type it out in the chat. I just wanna know if you remembered um, what flavors of shaved ice they wanted to sample. I think I made it kind of obvious. I only said it once, okay.
Sherlock Holmes is a character who's very familiar with difficult missions. Unlike Sherlock, most of us aren't going to end up solving crimes for a living, but we do have an important mission of our own. If you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus have, has given you a mission to tell the whole world about him. It's a big mission, but it's not impossible. For the last couple of weeks, we've said that joining God on his mission is not often as difficult or scary as we sometimes think it is. If you know Jesus, but the idea of sharing your faith, faith with others makes you nervous, I hope today's conversation will help you see that joining Jesus on his mission, mission isn't as scary as it seems. If you know Jesus, but you're not really interested in sharing your faith with others, I hope you'll be inspired to talk to someone about the, about the life-changing news of Jesus. And if you're not sure what you think about Jesus yet, that's okay. I hope our conversation today encourages you to think a little differently and more deeply about Jesus. So what? Why does it matter to God and to us? Let me recap our mission statement for this series, which is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It reads, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of to the very end of the age. So during the early years of the church, one of the people committed to this mission that Brenda just talked about was a guy named Philip. We first hear about Philip when Philip chose to be helpful to others through actions, words, and relationships. So we're gonna read Acts 6, one through seven. And it says, now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick, up, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So because Philip and these other men decided to serve others, they got to share the good news of Jesus. But that's not the end of Philip's story. We're going to return to Acts and read Acts 8, 26 through 35. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that leads down from Jerusalem to Gaza, Gaza, who knows? This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and oh, heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. 
And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and the beginning Oh, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news of Jesus. There's so much that we could say about this passage, but the one thing that stands out to me is this. Philip listened, and he, more specifically, he listened to God. This story began when an angel of God visited Philip and told him where to go. The angel didn't give him any details. Which direction to start walking, he just trusted God and went. Philip had to pay close attention to this one person in particular, but the prompting of God's spirit is often easier to overlook. But Philip was paying attention. Philip didn't miss his chance to share the good news of Jesus because he was listening. Philip listened to the Ethiopian man as well. We don't know a lot about this man, but we do know he was trustworthy, important, and accomplished since he oversaw all the finances for the queen of Ethiopia. That's a big job. Yeah. We also know he was on a journey to learn more about God of Israel, and he was reading scripture on his way. This man was already searching for God, but needed someone to help him make sense of what he was reading. So God sent Philip. When Philip began talking with this man, he didn't immediately preach at him or start talking all about himself. Instead, Philip listened and asked questions. This conversation could have gone totally different if Philip had made different choices. He could have stayed home, ignored or missed God's directions, uh, could have been nervous or embarrassed to approach the man, preached a sermon or given a speech, or even dominated the conversation, but he didn't. Philip made the most of his opportunity to share the good news of Jesus, and he did it by being a good listener. Because Philip listened closely to God and to the man he was speaking with, Philip was able to share the message of Jesus in a way that really connected. Because Philip listened closely to the Ethiopian man, Philip could better understand the man's questions and needs. Philip knew how to help. The man trusted Philip was there to serve him rather than to serve Philip's own agenda. Philip got to baptize him. And because Philip listened closely to God, he was given an opportunity he never would have on his own. Uh, the gospel spread into new parts of the world, and Philip saw God work in a way that strengthened even his own faith. Now listen closely. None of us are great listeners. According to research, we only remember about 25% of the things that we hear. You're not a good listener. It's okay, neither am I. But you can get better at listening to God and to others, I promise. Like Sherlock Holmes, you can learn how to notice important clues about where God might be working around you. Like Philip, you can learn how to better hear God's voice and listen to the voices of others. Sound expert Julian Treasure shared a few tips about how to become a better listener in his TED Talk. Let us share a few of them in a way that applies specifically to our mission. If you want to be a better listener... Go silent. You know how when you're sitting in a quiet room, every sound seems to be louder than usual? Practicing silence is just for just a few minutes a day can help us hear God's Spirit speaking to us, help us practice not speaking, help us get comfortable with silence because sometimes we just like to fill quiet moments. Savor. Your ability to listen is like a muscle that needs to be exercised. If you struggle to listen closely to the voice of God or the voices of others, practice listening to others other things first. Your favorite song, savor it. Try, no try to notice every detail. The sound of a loved one coming home at the end of the day. Maybe it's the sound of their car or their footsteps or the door opening and closing. Try to memorize it. Birds singing, insects buzzing, the wind in the trees, rain hitting the pavement, 
Listening to the sounds of God's creation can help us connect with our creator. Uh, we can count. Next time you're in a loud room, try to count the number of voices or sounds as you hear. And as you count, see if the Spirit's voice is one of those sounds you can hear. Imagine the story behind each sound and pray for each of the people whose voices you can hear. And lastly, get active. Active listening is a technique that allows you to fully concentrate, understand, respond, and then remember what is being said. Whether you're listening to God, to a person, here's how. Receive what you are hearing. Pay attention, think about it, and try to remember it. Appreciate what you're hearing and let them know you do by responding. This might look like nodding, agreeing, main maintaining eye contact, or saying, tell me more. Summarize what you heard to make sure you understood. You could say, so it sounds like you're saying, and ask more questions. Most people don't say everything they want to say the first time. They want to know you're still interested before they keep going. So ask questions to help the conversation go deeper. Joining Jesus' mission doesn't mean that you have to be the best talker, but it does require you to be a good listener. When you listen well to others, you build trust, relationships, and credibility. Learn more about their questions and needs. You discover how God might already be working and how you can be a part of it. When you listen well to God, you discover opportunities you wouldn't have had on your own. You grow in faith and trust. And you get to be a part of something bigger than yourself. The world needs you to listen. People don't need more Christians who have a lot to say. They need Jesus followers who are committed to humbly listening to the voice of God and to others. So if you want to join Jesus on his mission, be a listener, and then watch what God can do through you. All right, that completes this Sunday school class mission type thing, I'm a bobber. I don't know what to call this. Anyway, um, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it. Hope to see you next week. Please enjoy your gr um, breakout groups and stay you classy. I mean, we've been talking this whole time about you don't have to be the best talker. Right, you're right. I literally just said that. 